that, that's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hey guys, quick warning. In this episode, we'll be saying the name of that home speaker device that starts with an A. Hi. Apologies in advance if that makes yours respond. We promise not to tell her to call mom, though you should totally call your mom. My friend Farhad Manju is a tech writer for the New York Times, and a big part of his job is asking questions about the impact of technology on society. Sometimes he explores these ideas on his own, like by bringing home the latest new gadgets and software. And I've come to learn he's a digital pack rat. I'm the kind of person who like saves every email, goes back and like looks at email from the past. When Facebook pops up with one of those five years ago today reminders, he's like, thanks, Facebook. Don't ever stop. Sort of everything that I've ever written, I look at or I think about or search for. And I love looking at that stuff. It's just super interesting to just kind of go back in time and like look at that and like feel yourself in that moment. One day, Farhad was working from his home office, eating lunch at his desk and checking Twitter. He clicked on a video link. Imagine if you could record your life. It was a TED Talk. Everything you said, everything you did, available in a perfect memory store at your fingertips. This recording is from 2011. The guy speaking is Deb Roy. He's a researcher at MIT. So you could go back and find memorable moments and relive them, or sift through traces of time and discover patterns in your own life that previously had gone undiscovered. Deproy explained that when he and his wife came home with their newborn son, it was to a house Deb had wired with cameras. Cameras in the ceiling of every room. The plan was to document their son's development, learning to crawl, learning to walk, learning to speak. I think the example he had was of, well, like a word fragment, ga. Turn into the word water. And like he could sort of watch over time how that word became a word. Half a year of your child's development captured in just 40 seconds. In the video, Deb Roy rolls the tape of his son. The audience and the dark around him, they're captivated. He did it. He said water. He sure nailed it, didn't he? 
crowd goes wild, and so does Farhad. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Andrea Salenzi, and today on the show, what happens when your tech journalist friend gets obsessed with an approach to parenting that feels straight out of the techno-dystopian television show, Black Mirror? We're going to get back to Farhad and the TED Talk, but first, I want to introduce you to his wife, Helen. While he's working from home, looking at Twitter a lot, she's a doctor in a lab looking at cancer cells. They have two kids together, Khalil, who's seven, and Samara, who's five. How did you and Farhad meet? Uh, We had a common friend and um, just kind of hit it off. Oh, did she tell you the fake story? (laughs) Helen, are you sure a website wasn't involved? (laughs) Oh, yeah, we have another story. (laughs) I don't know if you heard uh, which story you heard. Yeah, it was a website. The website, you might remember it, was called Nerve.com. And though it had a successful online dating component, there was also a pseudo-artistic section of the site that was kind of porny. So I get why Helen gave me the fake story at first, but eventually she gave me the real one. Of all the people that wrote to me, he was the only person I wrote back to. It all started with an opening message from Farhad to Helen where he used his writerly skills to get her attention. And he wrote to me this email. I remember it was fairly early on in our courtship on Nerve. And it was just this crazy kind of surrealistic humor uh, email about, I can't even remember, like siphoning gas with Hillary Clinton or just like crazy, hilarious things. Oh, yes. That age-old story. Winning her over on the alt-porn dating website with your gas siphoning material. What was that opening line that got her attention? I don't have the very first like message on nerve.com because like that site went away and I didn't know really how to preserve that. Didn't like think about how to preserve it. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) There's that feeling when something's gone. There is that feeling. Like (laughs) it's funny because I I was just going to say, I don't attach that much importance to it, but like basically everything flows from that one message. So. It is a super critical piece of, uh, like, correspondence in our lives. If there's anything Farhad really dislikes, it's when something like that goes undocumented and forgotten. And for him, one of those painful casualties in the life cycles of our memories is a lot of his childhood. Farhad was born in South Africa, and when he was eight years old in the 1980s, his family packed up their things and moved to Southern California. The kind of the fact of moving from such a faraway place to here, I think necessarily made us sort of lose lose a lot of the documentary evidence of our childhood. There are there are I would say under under a dozen of me of photos that I know of of me like under ten years old. I, I don't I don't think I've seen many photos of myself as a kid. One of the things lots of people love about parenthood is I get a chance to recapture childhood memories. A good whiff of Play-Doh. The mouse and goodnight moon. The hollow sounds of an ice skating rink. But for Farhad, becoming a parent only pointed out the lo-fi dreamy qualities of his memories. He wants the HD files. I feel like it's a great black hole before I was a teenager, sort of what happened to me. Like, it's not like I've repressed anything or anything like that, but like, there's just, you just, as you get older, you just forget a bunch of stuff. And the memories that you have of your childhood are very, they're impressionistic 
it's hard to know. And I think this is true of everyone. You know, it's hard to know, to tie them back to specific events and places. I just wish I had more of them. Like, I just wish I sort of knew myself at that age better. I'm not sure like a handful of photos that I can look back at would jog that. But what I do think would work is some larger, larger stash of images that I could go back and look at. Like, like I think it'd be amazing if I could say, what was it like on the day that we like left South Africa or what was it like on like, I remember uh, living in our first apartment in the United States. It was strange to be in a new country. It was strange to be going to school in a new place. The culture was different. The people were different. And to have that feeling again and to kind of remember, try to remember that, that time, just like various points in your childhood, I think would be, you know, basically magical. For him, the magic could never come from more photographs. He wants to hear how his family would joke or fight or be quiet together, how they'd play or give each other knowing looks. It would be interesting to see like what my family dynamic was like just as we like ate dinner or were in the car or just sort of ordinary days in like my past. And perhaps like something there could be interesting or useful to my parenting. I don't know. It's too late for Farhad to capture every mundane moment of his own childhood on video, but not too late for his kids. When we come back, he presents that idea to Helen. Stay with us. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. We're back with my friend Farhad Manju, who writes the state-of-the-art column for the New York Times. Now I'll admit, there was this one time a TED Talk convinced me to go out and buy a vest, but that's as close as I've gotten to an online video altering my life. For Farhad, that Deb Roy talk he saw seven years ago... It stuck with him. That, I think, was the first time I sort of was exposed to this idea of, like, recording your kids. And that's when he started waiting for technology to catch up with what he wants to do at home. He'd want motion and sound-triggered cameras, a bunch of them around the kitchen and living room, Wi-Fi enabled, recording to the cloud. At the time he first saw the TED Talk, his son Cleo wasn't talking yet. Then when he turned two years old and started preschool... Khalil started to experience this rapid language development. All these magical firsts were happening. But every time Farhad reached for his phone to capture the moments, they were gone. 
it was time to go full-on Deb Roy, install the cameras. First, though, he'd have to convince Helen. I feel like my wife should have known what she was getting into. Like, I tweeted a photo of our wedding from our wedding. He was the guy who proudly brought home a first-generation Amazon Echo before all their friends had one, before Alexa even had much to talk about, and a Google Home, and four little sisters for Alexa, and a smart door lock that turned out to be pretty dumb. He even brought home a—I'm just making one up here—a Fred— Oh my God. It's funny that you mentioned Fred because that's the name of one of our lights. Yeah. Oh, Fred the light. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, so we have like these smart appliances in the house. You have to give them like names to like turn off a light. And like, I am the kind of person who gives electronics, like your hard drive and stuff, very descriptive names. Like our wireless network is called like Farhad Manju Wireless. And my wife, Helen, always gives all things the most airy fairy names that don't tell you anything. Like she named her bank account is called Copernicus (laughs) and her computer hard drive was called Audrey. And so she was upset that like I was giving these household items descriptive names when she wanted other kinds of names. So then we named one of our lights Fred. So Farhad knew that proposing the camera system would just feel like more of these invaders, more of the, should that be blinking like that? Does anyone else hear that beeping? And... Did the door just unlock itself? And I think she just like has a baseline level of annoyance about the amount of tech that's like encroaching onto our lives. It would be a lot to ask, but also a lot to miss. So when I like look at my children, they always look different from like the day before. Like they're they're changing all the time. That's like the, the sort of the one constant thing about being a parent is like you notice how your children are changing and That's the interesting thing. And I felt bad about like missing, missing out. Like, oh my God. And Alexa just like thought that I said something. Alexa, please tell Helen I get it. Sorry, I'm not sure. I think just in the room I'm sitting in, we have three Alexas and one Google device. And we discuss, you know, which Alexa is the smartest, <laughs> like which one, you know, which either certain ones like that annoy me the most. A few years after he saw the TED Talk, Farhad finally summoned the courage to bring up the idea of the camera system with Helen. I feel like I first suggested it to my wife. I was probably three or four years ago. And I think I did it as like a joke just to like see what she'd say about this idea that I had like really wanted to do. And she was like, no way. Um, so then it was like off the table. How, how does that go down? You're like, you're like, ha ha ha, sad we missed that moment. If only we had cameras everywhere all the time. And she's like, <laughs> no, don't do this. <laughs> it was pretty much like that. Yeah. No, I think it was one of those things where like our kid said something. I don't know what it was. It, it must've been a, our kid said something. And I was like, wouldn't it be great if we had cameras everywhere to capture it? And I think she said like, no, (laughs) like a normal person would. I don't exactly remember the first time because he asked me many times as he does. Sometimes when he gets very excited about something, he kind of won't really let something go until it's really, he's really makes sure that I really don't want to do it. So let's consider all the things that make this a crazy idea. Farhad's asking to bring the technology of a reality television show into their home. 
And won't recording your family life change its very nature? How you talk to your kids, how you parent, how free your kids feel to be weird and gross and candid with you, to take risks and tell bad jokes. Will everything feel like YouTube now? Plus, this means that all of your awkward playdate conversations from now on will be spent explaining to the other parent that they and their kids are now on camera. Will Khalil and Samara someday tell their therapists that they feel like they're being watched all the time, that the only movie that's ever really spoken to them is The Truman Show? But Helen knew she couldn't win this one. Maybe she didn't even want to. Because the cameras were really about Farhad's needs, a digital way to self-medicate his deepest parenting anxiety. The video was a way for him to, I think, kind of fight that anxiety of of the loss of, of your children's youth or the loss of your children, maybe. Do you worry about that the way he does? I don't. Um, it's hard to watch them get older. My son recently lost his first tooth and I started crying because I, you know, just realized he was getting bigger. You know, I think my parental anxieties, like they don't, I certainly have lots of them, but they don't go in that, down that direction. Eventually, Helen came around. And I I do think that's how some parenting decisions are made, is that you just kind of decide something on a day and then it becomes a policy. Those video cameras are now recording the kids as they mumble along to Hamilton and basically everything else they do. Don't go away. Say advertisement. Advertisement. Good job. that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. We're back with Farhad and Helen and their cameras, which have been installed in their house and have been rolling for the past two years now. Their son, Khalil, is seven now. Hello, my name is Khalil. Samara just turned five. Okay. Does it have a name, the family surveillance system? Do you guys have a code word for it around the house? No, no code word. Doesn't really have a name. We don't use the word surveillance. Uh, <laughs> um... I just think of them as like the cameras. (laughs) There are four of them. One watching the dining room table, one keeping an eye on the kitchen. In the living room, there's one crouched under the television and another trying to fit in on the bookshelf. Every seven days, the system starts recording over itself, which means in the amateur documentary that is Farhad's family life, he has to make time to review the dailies. When something interesting happens, and by interesting, I mean like something that I think we should save i have to like write down the time and like which of the cameras like friday dinner and then when i go back to all of the videos i have to look for that video and look for sort of moments around there and then save them are you the owner of this restaurant yes well in this video one of the saved moments 
Farhad is eating dinner with his kids. There's Chipotle and Legos out on the table, a six-pack of beer out on the kitchen counter. And Farhad's pretending to be an outraged restaurant customer. Khalil points at Samara and says, she's the owner of this restaurant. Samara shrugs. Yeah, but it's not a restaurant. She licks off her spoon, getting ready to pull off one of her first jokes ever at the kitchen table. It's not a restaurant. It's a silly place. The kids start dancing like monkeys. It's hard to tell watching this if Farhad's egging them on, trying to make this a more memorable moment. He's not looking at the camera directly, but he's making jokes like he can imagine an audience. This is not a good restaurant. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like this. I'm going to give it a zero star of the How conscious are you guys around the house of that camera being there? And how does it change the way you parent and just live your lives? I never think about it. I mean, you forget about it in the way you forget about there are cameras like everywhere you go in New York City. And you don't really think about that. Like we're being totally surveilled at all times and we forget about it. And like, that's how you think about it in your house too. It turns out. I just totally forget about them. Really? But I've seen you ham it up a little bit, knowing that the camera's there or or mention the camera during your parenting. If this is a set, it does feel like the camera's part of the room sometimes. Right. So so that's a good point. So I do think about the cameras, like, (laughs) I do think about the cameras in this moment where I think like, like, oh, this is like a totally fun time we're having. And then I do sometimes like ham it up. <laughs> I'm not sure, but, but I do it in a way that I would have if I like pulled out my phone. Like it, it feels at that point, like I'm consciously recording that moment. And so then I think about it, but I don't think it like just sort of for your information. And I guess the information of your <laughs> listeners, like I walk around naked in the house all the time and I don't care. I never think about it. Like, it's just never... Because you control what goes in the recording. Does Helen get to run walk around the house naked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Oh, that's awesome. Okay, cool. I would be surprised. I mean, maybe I'm totally oblivious to this, but I would be surprised if she, like, co- thought about them in a way that caused her to change her behavior. If it did, would that make you think less of the camera system? Mm. I would worry about it if she thought that I was spying on her. Once I gave Farhad the okay on the cameras, I just really stopped thinking about it. Really? Is it possible to stop thinking about it? It's strange because now that he's been talking and writing more about it, it it kind of surprises me how much I don't seem to really care about it. Have you ever self-censored remembering that the cameras are there? Like, I was just thinking, like, if I had a camera in my kitchen, maybe I'd eat less snacks over the sink, you know? Yeah, I think I only, I think about that very rarely. And it's usually if I'm, like, singing or dancing in the kitchen, which I am apt to do if I'm cleaning. I don't think I would watch that. Like, I know what she looks like dancing in the kitchen. Uh, Like, I've seen it with my own (laughs) eyes. It's also sort of not quite relevant to this project, like the kind of 
animating idea of the project centers around the children. Farhad's obsession with capturing the most candid childhood memories runs deep. Sometimes a 24-7, four-camera situation isn't enough for him. Like this one video he sent me, recorded on his iPhone, where he's lurking outside of Khalil's bedroom door. They can't see him, but we hear Khalil reading to his grandpa. Let me explain that instance. Always had very strong opinions. He wrote articles about some of... My wife, Helen, had overheard them and was like, you got to go look at this. And so I didn't want to, like, disturb the moment. But I also really wanted to capture that moment. And so then I did, like, pull out my phone and start recording. Okay, do you know who else is an immigrant? Is that you guys? Yes, and your daddy. How about me? You're not an immigrant. How about Because you were born in America. But yeah, in that instance, I guess you could say I was spying. The camera slips around the corner. His kids notice and smile, get up and start showing off for the camera. Was Dala born in America? No. Is he an immigrant? Where was Dala born? I hate to admit it, but I love these videos for their spy quality. Like there's one of Samara alone at the kitchen table. She like looks around and then she sees no one's looking. And then she like takes the leftover dessert from her brother. Like who's, it's still in his bowl. Like I think she takes his ice cream and she starts eating that ice cream. And it's like the best perfect moment because it's super cute. Like she shows her like having some uh, sneaky tendency. It's also something you could never capture in any other way. And uh, I love that we have that. Capturing your kids' transgressions on camera is a slippery slope. Today's scoop of vanilla ice cream could be tomorrow's strawberry vape pen. But Farhad and Helen actually like that the camera system helps discipline their kids. You know, you can't really get away with things the same way when you're when you're being recorded, especially for little kids who are often saying, like, oh, I didn't do that, or it was like that when I got here. And Do you think that'll change their behavior, that they know they're being watched? I wish, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. So, um... Why are you taping a video? Can I be in it too? We asked Farha to do us a favor and ask the kids what they think. A four star. You give the cameras a four stars? That's pretty good. If it was a two and a half, that's in the middle, but I give it a four star. Okay, so mostly you you think it's mostly good. I don't like it. If I do bad stuff, you're able to see. But do you do you think about that? Yeah. Oh, you do. But you do. You still do bad stuff all the time. Yeah. See, I knew it. I knew they were thinking about the cameras. And also, Samara dances in front of them. Okay, but tell me, tell me why kind of good. They can be a great audience. <laughs> For your dancing? Yeah. Oh, so you when you're dancing, you think about the cameras? Yeah. Really? It's like the kids are living in their own Truman show. If Truman knew it was the Truman show. Farad told me he was surprised to learn that Khalil performs to the camera when they're not around, that it's an audience to him. 
the way Khalil describes it, it seems like he might think about the cameras as a presence a lot. So Farad's starting to wonder now if, over time, the kids might be changing their behavior because of it. When I was a kid, I used to imagine there were cameras around me a lot. One was behind my bedroom mirror, and I was Clarissa on the Nickelodeon show Clarissa Explains It All. My boombox was actually a radio station, and I was their top DJ, even though I only owned three CDs. And they were all Gloria Stefan. For Khalil and Samara, they don't have to imagine any of that. Their lives are already on tape. And we're not the first ones to talk about that. This is Fresh Air. I'm Terry Gross. It's difficult to get jazzed about smartphones and social networks when they might be ruining the world. That's what my guest Farhad Manju writes. A few months ago, Farhad was on Terry talking about this exact project. And the thing that riled up the comment section more than the dark side of Google and smartphones was his answer to this question. Okay, so part of what I'm hearing here is you saying, like, you're too busy to watch your kids grow up, so when you retire, you'll be able to watch the TV version. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll cop to that. that, When she said it, I thought that she meant it as a joke, and, and like, we, we both laughed over it. But then a bunch of listeners, like, wrote to me and told me, like, I'm the worst parent ever. Um, and part of that, part of their reasoning was, was that, that I was, like, recording their childhood was an encouragement to me to, like, ignore their childhood now so that I would be able to enjoy it later. I do think some part of this is being able to enjoy it later, but I don't think it's true that, like, it allows me to sort of ignore them in the moment. Like, I think you actually get both. You, both, you, you, you get to um, sort of participate more fully with them. So I have this idea. I write about technology. I, I um, have, like, I think good insight into how technology is changing. And I think in the future, this sort of huge cache of, like, photos and videos is going to be like really, really easy to search through, to like index. So in the future, I think that in the, I will be able to say to a computer, show me like the funniest dinners we had as a family. Show me what we were thinking about before the 2016 election and show me how we reacted like the day after the 2016 election. Or is there a video of my kid learning to read? In some way, it will be something I do in retirement, but I don't think it'll be arduous. And I think it could be like a fun thing to do, like just kind of look back and and like see what things were like. And Helen, for all her eye rolling at Farhad's tech stuff, she shares this dream of being 105 years old and watching the videos with him. Exactly. It's like we're both leaning back, having some like carbonated water, you know, We'll probably have like a huge screen TV and we can just watch our kids just pull up different years or different scenes. And I love that idea. That's good to know. See, we are on the same page. We should. We, 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 it's working. It's working out. want to hear from you guys. What is your unique plan for documenting your kids' childhood? And what is your favorite thing that you've ever caught them doing on tape? Tell us at thelongestshortesttime.com or in the comments for this episode. That's episode number 151. 
This podcast is produced by me, Andrea Salenzi, with Kristen Clark. Our executive producer and editor is Hillary, the Alexa charmer, Frank. Alexa, can you help me? I assure you, every little thing is going to be all right in Paradise City. And thank you also to Peter Clowney. Because I'm never going to give you up, never going to let you down. Our engineers are Pete Karam and Jared O'Connell. Our technical director is the Reverend John Delore. Our music is performed by hotmoms.gov and directed by Allison Leighton Brown. We get editorial support from Antonia Acatunde, Anne-Marie Baldonado, Reka Murthy, and Julia Wang. Make sure you're subscribed to The Longest Shortest Time in Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or wherever you like, because next week on the show, we're going to join the Sisterhood of the Sperm. Everybody's so excited when we get a new kid. It's, it is a bit like sister wives. Do you guys all call him the donor, the donor, the donor, or is there a first no, name? No, we have a nickname. We call him Donor Don because we think he looks like Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> And speaking of sperm, right now we're hoping to talk to someone who's going through the process of finding a sperm donor. Can we join you? Shopping buddies? If so, go to longestshortesttime.com, hit the participate tab, and submit your story. Making videos! Making videos. And you like making videos? Okay, I think we're done. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I was delighted, I say delighted, to be a guest on this week's episode of Paul F. Tompkins' podcast, Spontaneous Nation. Take a listen to this clip from our conversation. What's, like, the scariest situation you've been in underwater? Um, I was a member of the first descent expedition team down the Zambezi River in South Central Africa. And in a series of rapids, I fell out of the boat and uh, got sucked in what they call a Maytag. It's, it's um, a, a hole created by suction where water is moving in two or more directions at the same time. So I got stuck in this hole and, and finally spit out and, and then hit my head uh, on, on the boat. I have two questions for you. Yeah. Number one... What is going through your mind as you're in that? Mm-hmm. Number two, did the appliance called Maytag come first, or <laughs> is this a fun nickname? It's a fun. It's a okay. fun. It's a fun nickname. Fun nickname. A fun nickname. Violent yeah, natural yeah, event. Yeah, exactly. Listen to me on Spontanea Nation this week, and don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, Lavar Burton Reads. You can find both on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast listening app. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. That, that's our legacy. Ready to be a part of it? Let's go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com.